0: Prior to a man getting saved, I, you know, all of us are selfish by nature. That's just who we were. So, and we promoted ourselves. But by the grace of God, we don't promote ourselves anymore. And so I pray that God would help us to promote Christ. So if I'm serving as a deacon or an elder or whatever it may be, that's service blown to God and we serve unto him. So that's kind of the, the gist, if you will. We'll be talking about uh, but we're gonna pray first father in Jesus name. We thank you again for this time the fellowship Just pray God that you help us Lord God to, to view life through the scripture Father the way pastor Mike described the philosophy of ministry of the church and I Not because of what he said today, but I've read it a couple of times and I think some of that is why I desire to be here at grace because of the stance on the scripture. So Father, I pray that you help us, Lord, in our daily walk with our stance on the scripture. And we don't allow the circumstances that we deal with to dictate what we do or who we are. But we always go back to the scripture because it's sure. It's a sure foundation. Just pray, God, that you would help us, the deacons and the elders, the leadership or of this church, the deacons, help us all to have a high view of you and that our lives bring glory to your name thank you lord in jesus name and i seriously i mean that from all my heart is that um man i pray that god help us have a tremendously high view of the word of god that we'll live by the word you know thinking about uh Stephen asked me about uh going over the qualification of, uh, of a deacon, you know. And I, I was thinking how I've seen deacons. I wasn't I didn't go to church a lot before I got saved, you know. I, I mean, I had no time for no church, you know, uh, just doing my thing. So when I started going to church and then Robin would tell me how their church worth, was when she was a kid, a little girl, I thought about uh, this comedy I used to watch back in the 80s and 90s, and this uh, deacon, Deacon Fry, the guy who used to play George Jefferson, and uh, he was the deacon. The head deacon, if you will, I'm going to tell you something in his church, nothing happened outside of him being in control of it. You know, so that really is how a lot of churches operate. You know, the deacons kind of, hey, pastor, we want you to do it this way. And that's some of the things that happened. But I pray that God would help us not to, to realize that's not the gospel. That's not what God said. So our intent is to be able to do what God said. And uh, I'm going to read uh, the notes come from uh, uh, John MacArthur. So I'm going to read just a little bit of this here. But two words I want to mention first, and then we're going to, you know, get going here. Is Pastor Mike been teaching uh, a lot of in First Peter, talking about submission, and also the word servant. Again, prior to getting saved, you know, you promoted yourself. So if that was positions to, get, to have, you didn't want to be the one who was on the bottom down there. Dude, you said, no, I'm, I'm trying to work my way to the top because it was all about you. But Jesus said, it won't be like that with us. You know, if you want to be first, you got to consider being last. You have to think like that. That's the mindset you got to have in order to serve God. I, I truly believe that. So but when you talk about submission, you know, I mean, if you submission, Everybody got this attitude. What you mean? So, you know, it's the truth because that's the way the world promotes that. You know, come to church and and I want. Uh, we got positions. Uh, we need somebody to serve in this capacity. Ooh, that's just kind of fuss. this other guy to do over there. I want to do over there. That is the mindset. So that's the mindset I think that we want to get away from. And I pray that God would help us. But uh, when I think of the topic of deacons in, in in general, the first thing that comes to my mind. Is a church with one pastor and several deacons. That pastor, the lone pastor, is often controlled by the deacon board. We said that a lot today, but it's because it's true. Deacons in many churches see it as their job to do the best make it, to make the life, make the pastor's life miserable, basically, you know. But that's not what we are. Uh, our intent. We talked. The word plurality came up, you know, a couple times, and I, and I heard, uh, and I think it's great. I've never seen anywhere in the New Testament that we had more than pastor elders and deacons in terms of serving for the church. And I, again, I believe if we stay within the confines of the scripture, then we'll be safe. And I, I like uh, Pastor Mark read uh, Acts 11 and 30. I believe it was about plurality. But I want to just share with you, if you will, let's look at Acts fourteen twenty-three for just a moment. And we talk about and to read on a read, that said there should be plurality, plurality of elder pastors and a plurality of deacons this is in line with the New Testament Acts 14 23 if somebody got it if you read it for me if not I, I have in just a moment Acts fourteen twenty three says when they had appointed elders uh, you know I've never seen in the Bible where you see elder s- singular it's always plural you know uh, or deacons it's plural so which leads us to say that God didn't call us to lead with one guy just running the ship and control, you know, doing all these things without some support or without some help. But he's he going to say that when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So elders was appointed, you know, for the church, not just one elder who controlled, but elders, you know, con- uh, working in the, for the body of Christ. Real quick, let's look at Philippians one uh, one. Just want to kind of uh, Philippians one one says Paul and Timothy bond servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. And he going to just want to, you know, put it out there is that I'm grateful that we are a plurality of elders here and have appointed multiple deacons. You know, I think that's I think the body have a better opportunity to to live like God said. Than if we do it uh, any other way. So, again, we want to stick with the scripture as much as possible. And so, again, you know, uh, deacons, I mean, what does the word deacon mean? And probably I I don't think you we see much training when it comes to deacons in, in a lot of churches. So, you know, you put together that deacon board, they just kind of do everything. But I believe that God gave us the scripture to be our guide. And so. And as the question asks you, what does the word deacon mean? The Greek word is dikonos, if I'm pronouncing that right. Basically, it means servant. So if you were calling a group of guys, so we want you to serve and you have a different mindset of what deacon mean. You think that I'm going to be in leadership. I'm going to be doing some other things. You may say, I don't really want to do that. But myself, personally, as an individual, I ask God for grace. I I don't... uh, Lord, whatever area. I said this to Pastor Mike, and I think I said it to Pastor Mark, and I meant it from my heart. At that time and this time, I'm gonna serve in whatever capacity the church would need me to serve and to help out. It's all about serving the body of Christ. So when we think about deacons, we think about serving, but we also realize it's just not for the deacons to just, you know, serve. We all servants in reality. Every single one of us in the body of Christ. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about just the deacon position, but based on just serving. So I asked God, Lord, help me to, you know, when Rob and I first came here and they were talking about Brad was over the uh, cleaning the church and we needed people to do different things. And Rob and I decided that we we're going to be here. I say, hey, you know, I know I can serve. I'll just put my name on the list. Not serving, just helping clean the church. I'm good with that because it's about God's glory. Now, ask the Lord to help us have that mindset. And I think if we have that mindset, then we're in a position to truly serve the Lord, you know, to the best of our ability and to give ourselves unto God. But it means servant. And uh, I I like for us to be able to see Jesus gave us the best example of what a servant really was. Now, who I'm going to take my cue from? Am I going to go to the world and take my philosophy from the world and say this is the way we serve? And a lot of churches, you know what they pick to be deacons? The dude, because he's got a big business and he's doing real well. I'm not against a guy doing real well financially. I think it's great. But that doesn't mean that he's a guy to serve in that capacity or the guy who is a local politician, if you will. So we take our cue from the world and that's how we have people to serve. No, we're going to talk about, if you will, we're going to talk about a guy's character. That's what we want to see. You know, I'm the kind of guy I, I look at. i just try to do things by observation. And you can kind of see when somebody have a heart for God if you look hard enough. But let's, let's take our example from the scripture and what a deacon supposed to look like in how he served. Let's look at Luke 22, Luke 22, 22:24. 24. Luke 22 and 24. I love taking our examples from the scripture. It's So easy to fall into the trap of being like the world. You know, look like the world, dress like the world, act like the world. What if we look like Jesus, dress like Jesus, so to speak, and act like Jesus? Wouldn't that be, that'd be powerful? Let's look at uh, it's, uh, Luke 22:24 says, and their roles. Make sure I got. Yeah. And their roles also a dispute. Among them, as to which one of them was regarded as to be the greatest. <laughs> when I read that verse, when I think about Muhammad Ali. I am the greatest. Because <laughs> that's the way the world, you know, that's how we look at things. It says, and he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not that way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you. Must become like the youngest and the leader like the what like the servant for who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves. It is not the one who reclines at the table, but I am among you as one who serves, you know, and I said, Lord, you know, taking that into account. I said God help us to have that attitude, just trying to set the tone of the attitude that we should have. As being deacons are or, or servants if you will humble servants before the Lord and if we take that attitude then it will hopefully will help keep us settled to where we always say Lord and what I am what I'm doing is it honoring you is it gonna bring glory to your name and so that's uh, I truly believe that when it come down to serving and there's some other scripture I won't I won't take time to read because it's just not enough time in that respect but uh, one thing Jesus said in John twelve twenty six: If anyone serves me, he must follow me. You know, and uh, I I'm am I'm gonna skip over some of the scriptures. So I think you get the point in terms of uh, in terms of serving and what type of attitude that we should have. And again, you know, it is for the body of Christ to serve. But I believe that the Lord did sing aloud through the Scripture a group of men. And Pastor Mike said earlier about we won't have women elders. I think he said, you know, it's true. So. I guess we could argue with the fact that should women be deacons and so forth and so on. I'm not going to even go there because the intent of this is that, to talk about the qualifications of a deacon, how we are to serve the Lord. So that we're going to just kind of stay within those confines. Maybe that'd be a, a, another time. Let's look at uh, there were men that were chosen out and singled out to serve as deacons. They are chosen men there in the church singled out, especially to serve the church. And I hope we hear that real clear. Deacons are a model of what true service looked like to the body of Christ. When people in our church see deacons, they should see men who are servants of God in his church. Deacons are known by the church. They are front and center, or more or less. And so they become an example of what biblical service is. And that is something you always have to keep in mind. Your life reflect the servanthood of Christ and others who are watching and they are learning from you. So uh, whether it's whoever it is, Dale West, or whoever it might be, and I believe this. I had a guy say to me one time many, many years ago, I was a young believer, hey, man, I- I- I've been watching your life. First, I stopped thinking, whoa, Lord, what? <laughs> I'm lying, lying, What did he see? <laughs> you know. Then I got to thinking. I got to thinking. I said, I got to thinking about it. <laughs> I'm-, I'm good with that because I'm not, you know. There's nothing in my life. Pastor Mike asked this question to me about being an elder. Is there anything in your life that would come back to, I can't remember how he phrased the question. So I paused and I thought about it, thought about it. Then I said, well, uh, if you look back to before I got saved, there's <laughs> a lot of things in my life before I got saved, but that was pre-salvation. What I did in that day, because see me, again, like all of us, it was all about me. Every, everything I did, I had a motive, I had an angle, and that was to get what I wanted. But after I got saved, I got born again and I started understanding what it was to serve and how to honor the Lord. And, you know, that changed my life and everything about what I believe. It changed everything. The scripture has given us everything that we need. You know, it's not about promoting ourselves. It's about promoting Christ. And I know that when young guys look at me, what I hope they see, I hope they see a God that that love God first and want to serve, you know, the body of Christ, and also a God that love His wife. That's what I want to emulate. You, know, I don't want to give you anything else. I want to emulate Jesus Christ as being a servant. So when somebody have those negative words about serving in terms of, ooh, you just a, you know, ooh, you know, you just a servant, then man, we should be cheering. Praise the Lord, Amen. we are servants to the God of the universe, Jesus. I think we showed in the scripture jesus showed. he said i come to you as a what as a servant and i pray by the grace of god that we would see uh, being a deacon from that aspect you know but we're going to go over the qualifications of, of being a deacon if you will go to um, make sure i got the right scripture i want i was going to read that was uh God. I lost my core scripture. Give me just a moment. <laughs> OK, I won't read Acts. But uh, as the as he laid out in the scripture, the qualifications of a deacon, he pointed those out. And I believe that was uh, first Was it first Timothy. I had him wrote down. Yeah, we're going to read those scriptures. I want to show you something here. Yeah, we're gonna read. I actually'm gonna probably go back to. I'm grateful for Paul as he gave the qualifications for the positions. You know, obviously he thought it was necessary. I should say the Holy Spirit deemed it necessary, you know, and everything to keep all the chaos down and so forth and so on. You know, so but let's let's read those scriptures. The qualifications are actually I'm gonna go all the way back to the First first, because I want to read qualification of overseer first, and I'll, I'll explain why in just a moment. It is a trustworthy statement if any man aspires to office the overseer, it's a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, as Pastor Mark pointed out earlier, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceful, From the love of money, (laughs) free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with dignity, with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert so that he would not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, the church, so that he would not fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. The devil. OK. Deacons. Likewise. It must must be men of dignity and, and not double tongue. But notice what he said. Likewise. So he took the set of criteria for elders and he said deacons must be likewise so he didn't create something new because that right there was what they they had to emulate that likewise and and that criteria for elder he put it upon the deacons as well about see go back again it's going to go back to your character as a person your character would dictate some of the things that you do you know in the world it is stated the fact that You know, sometimes we, uh, I love sports, so I relate a lot of things back to sports. I've seen a lot of guys who had the natural ability and talent. They could be so good, but that's all they had. They had no work ethics. They had nothing to go along with that, so they fizzled out, right? When Jeremy was in middle school, junior high school, he was on the basketball team. We had this one kid on the team. Dude was an athlete. Man, he could jump out of the gym. He could dunk. They were in eighth grade. He was doing all that stuff, but he had no work ethics, Jeremy got there, and he worked hard. He put everything into it. So obviously the coach promoted him, if you will. The other kid eventually quit. So your character, so sometimes talent would take you so far in life. You know, I was thinking about this last night. I said, when I was coming along, I said, man, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out of high school, man. You know, golly, I love sports, but I, I don't run very fast. I thought, man, I, golly, all these, I, was, I, I got depressed. You know, for a little bit. Man, I can't do this. What can I do? I don't know what I'm going to do, you know. But shortly after I got saved. But when I got saved, it changed everything about my thought process. So I didn't have to worry about you no know, talent taking me a long way because I had very little anyway. But I got saved. And the whole point is the fact that we're not rel- relying upon our talent as maybe Pastor Mike being successful in selling rainbow vacuum cleaners, <laughs> Not Kirby's, but... Rainbows. You know, obviously, I used to sell Kirby's. (laughs) I did. I didn't say I was a Kirby guy. But it's not about having someone successful at those things. And it's easy to fall in that way, but it's about one's character. How does he live? How do you live for Christ when you're not at the church? You know, how do you live when you're on a trip by yourself in a hotel room? You know, what do you do then? You know, I mean, what are you watching on TV then? So it's our character that's at stake. And I ask God, let me live 24 7 the same way, you know, and that is to glorify Christ. And so we want men of high character. When I say high character, men who honor the Lord. So when he gave those qualifications, you never saw one thing in those qualifications that he gave about an overseer, about being a successful businessman, about being in the politics, about being none of those things. He gave all those genuine characters that we need in order to to promote Christ. That's what he gave. He gave all those. Listen, to what he said, that's why I use the term he said, likewise, men of dignity. Just prior to this section of uh, the qualification of elders, w- we read that and uh, elders then must be and then then the list. What it must be. So when by verse eight, by deacons being likewise is working off the first selection. And it's true. The first section, I should say, by being likewise like that. I said earlier, it does not have to. You don't have to be a political leader. You don't have to be wealthy. We used to go to prosperity church. So, you know, how prosperity church, boy, everybody you had, to have, they wanted you to have some money. You know, you somebody came into church and they were driving a Benz. Driving something like that, they had a suit, about thousand dollar suit on. Trust me, I used to be around all this stuff. He had a thousand dollar suit on. Man, they would lay the carpet out for him. Little dude coming there, just wearing like regular clothes. Ooh, you know, you can stand on his side. That literally would happen. So, but that's not what we're looking for. You know, you don't have to be. Uh, no emphasis on the no, no emphasis on these things, but it's on the character of the man why because we are representing the body of christ we're representing jesus christ so our character matters representing the church in a public capacity is the first and foremost about a person's character how we live and it matters you know it matters a great deal of how we serve a man must be uh he talked about being men of dignity being dignified if you will again when somebody see me or you or us deacons, it should be something about our lives that they see about us. He's a serious minded guy. You know, he's not uh, it's not wrong with having fun, I, I, you know, and pledging all those things. But he must be serious minded. He must be kind of grave minded, if you will. They must see that the deacon is somebody that is not just flippant at all times, particularly when it comes to spiritual things. We want a guy who is going to stand on the word and be a serious minded guy. Not just, again, flippant and frivolous. Somebody who uh, is showing off Christ. He does not make light spiritual thing. He takes his duty seriously. He sees life in the light of eternity. As a result, he has a manner about himself that reflects that outlook. You know, I, I didn't always have view everything based on eternity, but I do now. I think because as I get older, I think I look at everything like that now. Life is, you know, that's just the way I view things. When I come to grace, I come to the church, serve as a deacon or elder. I ask God, Lord, let me see everything from your viewpoint. I want to be serious minded. I want to be a man that people can emulate to a certain degree as long as I'm following Christ now. You see me going off to the left over there then you know, either put me back on the right track or stay away from me. one of the two. You know, that's what we want to be. I love how he said this here, not to be double-tongued. Or two tongued, if you will, you know, are talking out of the both sides of your mouth. You know, we can do that now. You say, Oh, Christian, do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should we? No, absolutely not. But we do. Can't speak out of both sides of your mouth. You can't uh, get together with Wes or with Ben and say one thing about somebody and then get together with Dave and say something else. That's not the kind of guy who is a man of high character that you want to, you know, to serve in the roles of a deacon. You, you can't live like that. You can't be two-tongued. You know, you can't say one thing to somebody and then again take and say something else. Or you shouldn't, in particular, if we're dealing with church discipline or we're dealing with anything, we got to be careful. we got to be slow to speak. we got to think before we talk. And we got to realize that you are representing Christ in everything. And so what we, we can't be double-tongued. You know, we can't be, even when we're not at the church and we own our jobs or wherever we might be at, we still can't be two tongued, if you will. That's not what he called us to do. And that's what the A first say. Deacon likewise must be men of dignity and not double tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid game. We can't be two tongued. So I want you to just think, you know, think about that a great deal. You know, and uh, we could talk a lot about he talked about being addicted to wine we could get in a i'm sure a controversial uh, argument over whether we should drink wine or not i remember when Ros and I was at uh at uh, the cross and large prosperity a large easy believism church and we used to serve with this group and the, the young lady whose husband was the host of this particular group i remember her saying that you know on fridays see now he is a believer now on fridays we go out and we have our, we socially drink. I'm still listening. to listen. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, I just, I get a little tipsy sometimes. And you know, I'm thinking about mine. I'm telling you, I'm like, home girl, you were drunk. <laughs> That's what you was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were doing. So typically what I'm saying, people who argue over whether you can drink or not, I mean, when I say drink, I'm not talking about a guy who, if you want to if you want to have a sip of wine in your home, that's what you want to do, that's up to you. You deal with that between you and the Lord. But the person that say, you know, who still want to drink, and I'm talking about sometimes getting drunk, you know, they'll argue over the fact, well, you know, I think it's all right to drink. But me personally, my personal, the way I apply it to my life, I don't drink. I don't. I just don't. Maybe one of them is because my father was an alcoholic, and I saw what he used to do when we were kids. I saw the fights. I saw all that stuff. And it did something to me. And I never wanted to be him. But before I got saved, I started becoming him. I became an alcoholic. Then I got saved. I realized, oh, uh -uh, no, I can't I can't do this. So drinking for me is just just for me. Now, I just don't drink. I just don't like to drink. I don't even want to be around alcohol. You come to my house, you might not be bringing no alcohol up into my house. You know, I just don't want to have nothing to do with that, you know. I don't want something that potentially may control me. That's all I'm saying. It may control me. Then when my grandkids see me or my sons and daughters see me, I want them to see somebody who is not giving over or he used the word addicted here. Or in the King James Version, it says not giving to not giving them much wine. Or if you give it too much wine, what do you find yourself being under the influence of that? So if you're under the influence of something else outside of the Holy Spirit, then you're being influenced by something that's going to potentially or probably lead you the wrong way. And you're a deacon in your decision-making or whatever it may come into play. So we can't. I don't personally, I just don't want to go there. You deal with it with your own heart, how you view wine. But I I just don't personally, I just don't, I don't even want to think about being intoxicated because I know what kind of fool I was before I got drunk, or before I got saved. I did all kind of crazy stuff. And I don't want to go there. I just don't want to do that we don't want to be influenced by anything except for the word of god so again you that's something that you have to deal with with yourself and he talked about also in verse eight about fond of sordid gain you know king James version say filthy lucre i think if i'm pronouncing the word right in other words if you have a love for money You know, now coming from a prosperity church, I'm telling you straight up, man, everything was about money. Everything derived. It was our starting point. It was our ending point. Pastor Mike gave our philosophy of ministry. Right. And he went over that our starting point, not ending point. I didn't hear nothing about money. A lot of money. But when you are in a prosperity ministry, it start with money and it end with money. But then how did that relate to the scripture? It seemed to me there's something wrong. It's all about. Gain, Do you realize I, I bought a car from a guy who was out of that same church, you know, uh, and he sold me the car. Right. So I, I paid the, paid the guy for the car. Then the uh, the engine light came on. So I got with him. Oh, man, this, you know, it, it, you know, in other words, he he really lied, you know, about the vehicle. I didn't you know what? I accepted the loss. I moved on. I, I just moved on. It wasn't worth the argument to get into. It. I just accepted it. I, bit, I, I took the loss and I moved on. But my point is this what I'm trying to make. If you're about money and look to game, it will influence your decision-making. You know, if you know, the other day, Roz and I was at, uh, at the store, and Roz said, no, I don't like the shop. And she wanted buy. I said, come on, Roz, I ain't spending all this money on no tie. I don't want to do that. You know, because about taking these pictures now, she go, I got about a tie. Why well, I want to do all that? You know. So we're in the store, right? We're paying for all this stuff, and I forgot the tie, and it was on the side of the little basket that we had. I could have easily walked out of there. It was an expensive tattoo. I could have easily. But I said, there ain't no way under the sun I'm going to do that. It ain't mine. I don't want it. But if I'm about money again, you look for every angle to always, you know, get more money. You cheat on your taxes. You, as we say, you will work under the table. You do all those things. But how is that in terms of your character and your walk with God, you know, When it comes down to money, money should not be the influencing factor. I think Pastor Mike said it perfect for us. You know, I don't care in the church whether a guy giving two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, whether a guy giving fifty cent. You know, we can't look on anybody differently in that respect. We cannot. We can't afford to do that. So as a deacon, money should not be the first and foremost thing on our mind because it should not influence us. It should not control us. And so we have to be very careful about that because he specifically say "A fond of sordid gain. You can, you know, you can get out of control when it comes to money. It's all right to have money. I look at money as a tool and I just use it for the purpose of glorifying God because it's a tool that God gave us to work with. And so that's the way I view when it comes out of money. So and by the way, as Pastor Mark loved to say, by the way, I know he said all the time. But if you have a question or something or whatever the case may be, just, you know, I'll throw it out there. I'll answer it if I can. If not, we got the two pastors back there who can, who can answer them for us. And the third one right back there, Bob, too. <laughs> but we cannot. And he's going to say after that, but verse 9, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. I ask the Lord to help me, God, to live with a clear conscience. When you think back on your life or what you do daily, you know, and uh, about just having a clear conscience. And he talked about this right here, holding to the mystery of the faith with the clear conscience. Mystery of the faith is God revealed truth in the New Testament. God has revealed himself to us. There was a time when we, he wasn't revealed to us. New, New Testament come along and God introduced and revealed Jesus Christ to us. Now that it's no longer a mystery anymore. But he talked about, uh, Truth unrevealed until the New Testament. Mystery, is something formerly hidden, but it's no longer hidden. And uh, deacons, meet, deacons need to hold to the truth of the doctrines taught in the New Testament. you a question: How do we hold to a truth if we don't dive into the truth every day? If we don't, if we're not searching the Scripture like we ought to, then how do we hold to the truth? If you answer questions based off the world philosophy then how in the world are you going to be giving somebody the right answer? It behooves us to know the truth of the gospel. Every deacon have to be a, astute in the word. I believe that. You know, I'm not saying that we have to know, I mean, have, a, a, uh, have to be the, the smartest person. I, I raise my hand because I know I'm not in that respect. But I believe just by reading the scripture, I believe by daily just filling yourself with the scripture. As you search the scripture, God begin to reveal himself to you through his word. So, Dale, when you give somebody an answer about something, you're going to give that answer from the scripture. You'll give it from the word. But if you're not studying the word yourself, then how are you going to do that? It's virtually impossible to do that. You got to be searching the scripture daily. You must be a man of the word. This means you have to study it to know it. So a deacon must be a man of the word. You know, when you if you're in uh, some churches, you won't be told that you should be a man of the word. You should be a man of the word, because that's what God has called us to. And that way we can have a clear conscience. You have to said this is not just a job of the preacher and you have to hold to it with a clear conscience. That is a conscience that is not accusing you. It's not accusing you because you hold to the truth and you walk in obedience to it. And that's the way. That we should live according to God's word. If we're going to be deacons or service deacons, these men must also first be tested. I was thinking about that. I thought about saying now, Paul could not be even talking about sitting down and taking a test. You that you pass an exam. He can't be talking about that. How do you test something of someone? I think a lot of it is just by observation. You know. You observing and you see this person. In the church, you know, and you look at everything about him, and you're trying to select guys who you want to serve as deacons and the elders, and you're you're you're, you're watching their life, you watching how they live, hopefully even in the church and out of the church, you're observing who they are, how they react with their children, or with their spouses, or with other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, and you see something in their life and say, I believe this person can, can you know, can serve in that capacity. You know, I said this to the pastors here we came to grace, and I said it then, I said it now. I personally, you know, I just don't, I, in terms of saying, hey, promote me, that's just not, I don't want, I just something I don't want to do. I said, Lord, help my life to prove who I am. You know, so I think as we just kind of go along with our life, living for God, in the church, outside of the church, and doing those things, or assisting, helping out, whatever we can, and doing those things, in a sense, you know, you are being you're being looked upon so that's what i think what testing is all about just someone observing the way you live i think it matters a great deal before we place anyone in the office of a deacon we are to watch their lives and service to the lord you watch their lives i remember telling a young lady one time uh uh uh, uh, we were talking she was talking about dating this guy and all this stuff and i believe this if you see a red flag me and brad used to talk about this a lot you know before we even came to grace you see a red flag somewhere about somebody, don't ignore it. You better take it to heart. That may just be the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah, no, nah, that ain't anywhere. Well, that's something else. Yeah, okay, you do that. You know, I've seen many guys get married and wish they wouldn't have. They saw things, but they ignored it, you know. So that's why it's so important that uh, we, uh, as we select people to serve, in this case, in terms of uh, in the capacity of a deacon, is that we observe their life. In a sense, they are being proven, if you will. They must per- first pass the test in order to be approved. We just don't pick somebody out of the sky. You know, we, it's by, we observe their lives. If their lives are beyond reproach, I made a note. Pastor Mike asked me that, asked me that question. I, I made a note to jog my memory about something. And he goes on to say that, uh, Again, verse 10, these men must also first be tested, then let them serve as deacons. That word serve is always there if they are beyond reproach. If somebody if you go to my job and somebody you ask somebody about me or something like that, if they say, man, this dude, he's, you know, hey, he's hanging out with the guys, telling all the nasty jokes. He's doing all those things. You know, you should be able to go to my job and be able to ask, hey, do you know this guy, Jimmy Wiggum? Oh, well. You know, yeah, uh, it, you know, you don't want someone to say, man, he's doing what we're doing. You know, my kids, people know me best and we're my family, you know, go ask Jeremy about me, ask Kevin and Lonnie about who I am. All my kids, they'll come up with some answers and say some things about me. They've seen everything about my life. but One thing they know is that I love them tremendously and I've always spoke the truth in their life. Always, you know. So, again, you know, we have to be, it should be nothing in our lives currently since we're saved to where we shouldn't, we don't want someone to know if there are hidden things in our lives, you know, we better deal with it. You know, we better deal with it and eradicate it. Cause if not, it have a way to find itself to the surface. It can come back to hurt you and not only hurt you, but hurt the body of Christ. So we have to really seriously consider those things, you know, not going to dwell a lot about women being deacons. You know, I think we, uh, it came up a little bit, but, um, uh, not trying to, uh, to not discuss that, but I don't think it's the time or, or the place. I want to read the verse, though. It's going to say that uh, uh, women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossip, but temperate, faithful in all things. There's a, a couple different interpretations, if you will, on that. You know, is he talking about deacon's wives? Is he talking about a, a group of ladies who were deaconesses or servants in some other way? We could talk about it for a long time. But we're not going to talk about that. Deacon must be husbands of only one wife and good and a good manager of their children, good manager of their children and their own households. You know, this is being married is is very dear to my heart. You know, I I I talk about, you know, about my marriage and how how long I've been married. And it's not so much as the longevity that that's the most important thing. So a lot of marriage have been there for a long time, but they've been miserable for a long time. But when we were growing up, I don't know about you guys. All we saw was marriage and divorce and saw baby that We saw all that crazy stuff. And I used to wonder when I was a kid, man, couldn't somebody get married and stay? And I used to think, no, that's impossible. But then I got saved and rather than I got married. And one of my first declarations I made, I never want to get a divorce. God help us to work through whatever it is. So... I hold it dear to be not only just to be married and be miserable, but to be married and content and love your wife. You know, when you see a guy like that, he loves his wife and he hold her dear to his heart and he serves her in many ways. Then that guy can serve. Well, I believe in the capacity of a deacon. We must be. We want one. I, I always wanted my sons to see how much I love their mom, because I was hoping my prayer was that they would emulate that when they got married. You know, and now being saved, I, I, I would have never dreamed. I promise you, I, God is my witness. I would never dream that a marriage could last but only just a handful of years. Why? That was the environment I came out of. That's what we always saw. But then, like I said, when I got saved, I wanted to be the difference maker. And I asked God for grace to be able to do that. Trust me, our marriages face a lot of challenges. They do, you know, as long as and I have been married. But nevertheless, by God's grace, we're standing, and we're standing on God's word. And I thank God for that, you know. And so that's the way we should be managing our own household, our own children, some of us grandchildren now, you know, and we need to be. able. If we cannot manage our own homes in a way that glorify God, how can we serve at the church and, and it glorify God? We cannot, you know, if you got issues, you know, with your spouse, if you argue all the time. I mean, I'm not saying marriage without arguments. Trust me, you know. They do come with arguments. But if it's about that's what you do all the time and you can never agree on things. I'm thinking, you know, it's some real serious issues, I think. And they need to be dealt with, because if that's what's happening in your home, how are you going to serve in the body of Christ? You know, I don't want that in my home. I want to be able I want my children to again to see I want to manage my household well. I want to be able to do those things. I want to be able to serve at the church in such a way that's going to glorify God. For those who have served well as deacons, obtain for themselves high standing and great confidence in the faith that's in Jesus Christ. Again, you know, the way we've looked upon deacons in times past is erroneous. But it clearly states that for those who serve well as deacons, not just serve as deacons, but to serve well as deacons. And he equated and he put the word in there, uh, Obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that's in Christ Jesus. And I think that is just that people will look at you a certain way, I think. You know, not that they're trying to lift you up on a pedestal because none of us are worthy for that. But in terms of being able to emulate who you are, as long as you're emulating Christ. And I believe Paul even alluded to that about following as he followed Christ. The young guys that Ros and I, the young couples or whoever that we're talking with, you know, I really want them to say that, you know, they can see in my life a man of character who loved God. And hopefully, the whole intent is that hopefully we can help them to love their wives better. Or as a man, I can help him love his wife better to share with him, you know, things like that, our failures and all that. But again, because that translates to who we are in the church. and if we're going to serve as deacons. I think it's something that's serious. I think it's something that we have to count the cost. I think uh, Pastor Mark said it earlier. We're not necessary when you serve as a deacon, you're not no one's boss or anything of that nature, but we are humble servants and we serve Christ by honoring the body of Christ, doing what's necessary. You know, for me, when I'm sweeping the floor, and I'm doing something like that, man, I'm just, hey, I just kind of do my thing and keep on going, you know, because I believe it brings honor to the Lord. Now I end on this. I had one of my friends who went back to school after many years and he was going to school going to school because he wanted to get a degree. He went to this particular school down in Broward County and he thought it was going to propel him in the ministry. If I do this here, I'm going to be I to be cruising. You know, I told him, I said, dude, this is what I believe. The scriptures say you be faithful over little. See, you got to first be faithful somewhere. And he had been in several churches, wasn't solidified nowhere, but he was thinking, well, I'm gonna be ready for the ministry, but he had the wrong viewpoint. You gotta be faithful somewhere. You gotta serve and be faithful. And then trust that God would do his thing, you know. And if you never get promoted over that, so what? Just serve and be faithful. And that's only encouraged us today to serve as deacons, to be faithful to the Lord. And if you're faithful to the Lord, then everything in between will kind of fall in place, I think, in terms of honoring your pastor as a pastor. You know, having a great fellowship with your brothers and sisters and loving your wife. All those things, I think, fall into place when we have a high view of God and his word. Because when I offend Rosalyn, if I do something to hurt her, I ain't lying, boy. I, I say, oh, Lord, <laughs> I blew it again. <laughs> God help me. Robin, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lord, you know, I'm scared to write down how many times I've had to say that, <laughs> you know. But I praise the Lord for being able to say that. And so I pray that it uh, says something that will help you out if, uh, Got any questions? I'd be glad to answer them if I can. I know, time is of the essence, so we want to move on. But I really appreciate you guys. For it. go ahead. I got one real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on verse 11, <clears throat> it says, "Um, the, one of the qualifications of leaders are that wise likewise, must be dignified, not slanderous, but sober-minded, mm-hmm. and faithful in all things." Uh, to me, this sounds like a, a reflection of, of 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 the leadership that you have in your home wife should mm-hmm. reflect that kind of leadership. Yeah, Not, not necessarily in the sense that I think right now, my wife is a sweetheart. and she reflects me, we were in trouble. <laughs> you know, that's why I, I'm very grateful that I made her the way she did. But, but she does reflect, you know, some kind of leadership that, that what I do, because I manage my home, and she, mm-hmm. we all agree, and I, same way with Roslyn. I mean, Roslyn's a quiet soul, but I'm sure um, she reflects a lot of the, the relate. you know, your quality of leadership that you I think that I think that when it comes down to our marriages and our homes, I think if, uh, if we being the leaders that God calls us to be and everything, I, I really do believe this. I believe that our wives will follow us if we're being the leaders that God calls us to be and everything. Robin, than have helped me out in many ways when it come down to decision making something. I said, oh, Lord, I don't know what I should do in this situation and everything. But I, I, I remember uh, I say this real quick. And I remember I made some bad decisions financially. Hurt us real bad. I ain't lying. Hurt us bad. Really bad. I went in business with this guy. You know what? said, Jimmy, don't do it. <laughs> she, she, Omar, she said, don't do it. She was, oh, no, it's going to work. Because you know why? Past Mike. I had money on my mind. All I saw, ooh, man, we going to make a lot of money. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> and I saw it. Rod said, Jimmy, don't do it. I'm, I'm asking. Please don't do it. No, Rosal's going to work. You know, I'm thinking, hey, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. I'm the one that make the decisions. And I did it. Now I must say it ruined us for years. For over ten years, it was horrible because of my bad decision making. But I say that to say this. You know one thing my wife never did do? It blessed me to this day, Shane. She never said, I told you so. I was so glad. If she just said that, <laughs> if she just said that it would have probably crushed me. She never said it one time. And she just, and we stayed the course. We worked through that, that span of time. God brought us out of that, you know. But I'll tell you something, boy, I am a Roland would tell you, I pay close attention to the <laughs> details now, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. It was a terrible experience, but yet it was a learning experience. God used it. And I think that when I when we reflect Christ in our homes, our wives will follow us. They will be dignified. They will be women. I want my wife to be a woman at Grace that where other young women can look at her and say, hey, you know, man, I want to, you know, be able. Roland, how do you do this here? So that's what this is what for us is what it's all about. And when we can do that, then you know, it and, and that should ha- that's how it should be with our deacons, you know. The young lady should be to come up to one of your wives and say, you know, how how do you do this? You know, and we just wanna reflect Christ. Same way what well, even if you're not married, you know, and everything and uh I believe that we can serve in the capacity of deacon, and we can honor and glorify the Lord. Just because a guy not married don't mean that he can't serve as a deacon. Don't mean that he can't sow into somebody else's life. The apostle Paul himself wasn't married; he didn't have a spouse that we know of, and we don't see the way the scriptures say that. But nevertheless, he served in every capacity. He established churches. He did all those things. We have much to offer and to give back to God. So, I just pray that we are able to do that. Father, I just thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love and kindness. We just pray that you be with us, Lord God. And for the remainder, you know, as we get ready to wrap this up, you know, that you would be with us through this day. In Jesus' name, amen.